A few years ago, we grew and sold a business that forever changed our lives. At first, we really struggled trying to figure out which tools to use to help run and organize our community. But that all changed once we discovered Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part, Kajabi doesn't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So you keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash M-U. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash M-U. Go to kajabi.com slash M-U and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's how you win in a dogfight. The pilot who can do all this faster is going to be ahead of the pilot who's going slower. And the business owner that goes through this faster is going to be way ahead of the business owner who's going around it slower. The African homework can pay be $47,000. We will be having another five-hour test this Saturday on all college for four to 12 of the most prime years of your life. Stop the insanity! It's 2023, and there's a much better way to get an education. Helping you start and grow your own business and creating wealth for you and your family is our top priority. Each day, you'll be taught by multi-millionaire business owners who have been where you want to go and can show you how to get there. Graduate rich, not broke. Follow and start listening to the Millionaire University podcast today. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Millionaire University. Today's multi-millionaire mentor will be Bill Allen. Not only is Bill one of my most favorite people and one of my most successful students, but he also bought my business for me and pays me a nice interest check each month, which makes him extra near and dear to my heart. I sometimes like to remind my kids if they're being a little less than grateful that, hey, Uncle Bill bought that for you. So uh, make sure you appreciate it. Bill is an implementing master, and he shares some really cool things with us on today's podcast, so let's just get to it. Uh-huh. What do you say? Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, I give you the one, the only, Bill Allen. What's up, Justin? <laughs> I'm actually really excited. I did my first ever podcast with you interviewing me, and this has come full circle. It's really nice. It feels weird for me asking you how you got involved in business because I've been there most of the way, but give some context, how you got involved. How did you get where you are today? Yeah. So I think, um, like if we go back really far, I was, uh, like breaking it, stop buying candy in bulk and breaking it up in middle school. And then I started doing baseball card shows and stuff like that. So I had this little, like, and at mowing grass and stuff like most kids probably do trying to make some money. And then I went into the, 
I kind of started working more jobs like raking sand traps at the golf course after that and kind of went in more of an employee route. And then I went in the military. I went to college, went in the military and uh, got commissioned as an officer in the Navy and flew helicopters and airplanes for really like 10 or 12 years before I ever found like my way back to entrepreneurship and business. Um, I got interested in real estate after that. Like I was looking for a side hustle, make some money and started flipping a house. Like I flipped one house a year for a couple of years in a row. And, and then I found you, you were running a real estate podcast and um, a mastermind group launched this thing called seven figure flipping this uh, thing. Like some people make seven, seven figures in a year. And there was a race to a million dollars. And I was like, if anybody's racing to a million dollars, I want to be a part of this <laughs> contest, this thing. And my competitive nature kind of took over. And I did something I never thought I would do and join a, a paid program. I hadn't bought anything in, in my life. I hadn't bought a course. I hadn't bought a, a live event ticket before that. I would barely even, I didn't even buy books, actually. I had a library card. And so a, all this stuff just kind of led me to needing mentorship and coaching to figure out how to get to the next level and um, joined, joined your program and jumped in. And, and really, that's kind of where I, I call it like closet entrepreneurship. Like I knew it was in there for a long time. I just didn't really realize it until I got around other people that showed me what they were doing, like you and Andy, like some of my biggest mentors really unlocked my potential, which was really cool and started building a, a pretty massive real estate business from then on. So I went from doing one deal a year under your guys' mentorship to do 67 the first year, then I did 135 the next year, then 187. And what I realized is I was a business owner. I wasn't a house flipper. I wasn't a wholesaler. I wasn't a real estate investor. I was building a business. And that's what you guys taught me to do, which was really cool. Real estate just happened to be the widget. And I think about this and I teach this all the time now, having, as I'm sure you'll talk about, bought your company like a couple of years later, I bought the company and took it over. And everybody that I teach now, it's like, look, you might think you're a real estate investor and you run a real estate company, but you're not. You're a business owner. Real estate just happens to be the widget. So it doesn't matter what the widget is. The principles are universal across all of it. And when I realized that, I was able to build some other companies outside of real estate, some different things that I was doing. And the education company just happens to be in real estate, but it's just another business with team members, employees, marketing, sales, operations, and finance. That's really it. So when you came to that first mastermind meeting, I was very concerned. I thought we made a mistake. I was like, this guy hasn't done a lot of business. He doesn't have a lot of business background. He's got a full-time job. And at the beginning, I was like, oh, no, I was sweating because I thought everyone was going to be like disappointed. Like, why do you let him in? He's not up to the caliber. And then by the end of the three days, I'm like, OK, he's a pretty smart guy. I think I'm OK. I'm not going to be in trouble from the group, at least. But I was still kind of concerned. But by the next meeting, what blew my mind is you were like the guy leading the charge. You started to say things and people started to perk up. It took a little bit for people to realize the success you had had in such a short period of time. But before you know it, it was like the Bill Allen show. I mean, I, I know you're a humble guy. I know you're like, ah, I don't know about that. But you would talk and everyone listened. Everyone was writing notes. And then by the next meeting, everybody was doing what Bill was doing. You started coaching people. And me seeing that, I'm like, okay, we got to like pay you something. So how long was it that we took till we paid you to be a coach? We hired you to be a coach. You were coaching anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was probably like a year and a half. So we brought you on to be a coach. And then shortly after that, we're like, hey, do you want to do more? Brought you on to be COO. And then there came a time when I was ready to sell the business. And we're like, hey, I, did I ask you if you wanted to buy? Or you said, do you want it? Or you're like, are you serious? Are you selling it? Well, yeah, you kind of like, you kind of were like joking about it. And then you're like, you know what? I, I would probably like, if anybody would, I would sell it to, it would probably be you. Is this something that you might be interested? And I was like, no, not at all. Not interested. And then like two days later, I don't know. We just talked back and forth. I was on vacation when this happened. And I was like, I don't want to check my email, my phone. I'm on all the time trying to turn it off. And it just, it just kept nagging at me. It was kept like 
digging at me. And then you were like, well, and I was, and I was like, oh, let's talk when I get back and maybe. And then it was like two days after that, that, that we had a deal. And so, yeah, it was, it was put on my heart, I feel like in the beginning. And I was like, no, absolutely not. No, no, no. It's almost like you get that tap and you just refuse it. You know, that refusal of the call mm-hmm. and the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no. If you look at any movie, any in history, any, any story, the hero is always like, no, I, I can't do it. It's not me. There's no possible way I could do that. And then just little by little over time, it's just like, hey. And you just kept like tapping. And I was like, hmm, okay, let me think about this a little more and a little more. And it became reality. So I don't know if I've ever told you this, but from that second meeting, I knew you and I were going to do something together. Have I told you that before? I don't think so. I don't think no. so. I was like thinking like software company. I was like, I, I got to work with this guy. Like he's insane. He's amazing. I didn't know that you would later be running my company and then buy it from me though. I, I didn't know that either. <laughs> so we can go down a couple rabbit holes. You talked about the hero's journey. I like that. Or we can talk about what is it that makes someone successful? I have no doubt that someone who is currently running a successful business, if you put them in another business, they're going to be successful as well. So yeah, I think that it doesn't really matter necessarily what the widget is, that people can repeat success over and over and over again with different vehicles and different widgets. I think the conversation around success is probably a pretty good one. I've been trying to figure out how to boil this down into a formula, an equation. I'm an engineer, so... I like numbers and data. And I look back at all these people that have come through the doors of my company. And when I was with you of like, how are some people successful and some people not? Because they all look different. They all have different skills. They all have different abilities. They all have lots of different qualities. They don't all look the same. And so now I do think there's like specific traits that are consistent across the board with people who are successful. And that's what I've been trying to figure out for like the last, I don't know, six, seven years myself. Because if I can identify that and we can train to that, then our students, our members, all the people that come in will be more successful. Business owners will be more successful because of that. And I think that's what people have been trying to do for a long period of time, even as far back as Napoleon Hill, trying to figure out like the original like school for, of success, these kind of things is what makes people successful. So that's probably the best route for us to go, I would think. Let's do it. So what do you got? <laughs> you just want to know what I think? Yeah, I want to hear what you think. So the first thing for me, when I look back at my success is I feel like I was a good student. In the beginning, it took a lot to break down what I thought I already knew. Like I show up and I thought I knew some stuff. But then when you put me in that room in Dana Point, I realized that I actually didn't know very much. Like the people in there, I, I usually show up to a place and I'm like, oh, I'm, I know my stuff. I, I've, I've always kind of had a, a, an ego, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. Yeah. I don't. I don't have an ego. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, that's funny. And uh, so, so I showed up and I just like, after that meeting, I just said, you know what? I paid a lot of money to be here. These people are doing a lot more than me. So when they tell me to do something, I'm just going to do it. I'm not paying the guy on YouTube. I'm not paying the guy on the, the podcast. I'm not paying the guy who wrote that book or the girl or whatever. I'm not paying them. I'm paying a lot of money to be here and they're successful. I'm just going to duplicate their success. And when they tell me to do something, I'm just going to do it. I might do it my way with my own little spin on it or take a couple things and kind of put it together, but I don't know enough not to do it. And so what I think is going on right now in today's world and society is that there's too much information out there. It's too accessible. It's too available. And it's so confusing. And so all people need to do is just pick one person, one system to follow and just go all in on it and just do it especially in the beginning when you don't know what you're doing like daniel san in karate kid with mr miyagi he was like paint the fence and wax the floor and he had no idea what he was doing he's doing it over and over and over again all day and he's like why am i even doing this 
And then when Mr. Miyagi's like punching him and trying to hit him and stuff and he's blocking everything, he's like, wow, like it's just reflex. And so I think we need to do this stuff over and over and over again and just and just commit. So I think I was a really good student um, after after I was finally kind of like broken in a little bit and realized that I don't know what I'm doing. And so just being open and willing to 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 not know and do the things that I needed to do and then also put in the time and the effort. And so I think a lot of people, they want the easy button. They want the easy path to success. So what seems like it happened really fast for like you uh, from one meeting to another, that one meeting to another was like three or four months. It was not fast to me because I was doing all the work under the surface, behind the scenes, putting in the time. I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning because I had a a 10 to 12 hour flying time job for the military. And then one weekend a month, I was flying for the military. So I would get in my office at 4.30 and when my, my family woke up at 7, then I'd come out of the office. So I put in two and a half hours before anybody in my house got up. And then I would go to work and I'd come home. I'd play with my son. We'd have dinner. We'd put him to bed. And then my wife went on the couch to watch TV. I went back in the office till about 11 o'clock at night. And I repeated that for a year. And so I, I'll say I'm also willing to put in a little bit of work. And I, I don't think it needs to be massive work. If you think about it, I mean, that's like three or four hours a day. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a ton every single day, but I had a full-time job. And I wasn't like, oh, I can do it for 30 minutes. But it felt like a lot because you had, yeah, you had other things you were doing. Totally. And so the people that don't have a job that are full-time in their business, I'm like, I really don't have any patience for you if you're, if you're not willing to yeah. spend you know, four to six hours a day working on it and being really diligent. So I think, number one, it's being willing to be a, a good student. And what that means is, is studying and putting in the work that a good student would. If I'm going to learn math, I'm going to learn it from my, my math teacher. I'm not going to go try to learn five different versions of math, people teaching it five different ways. When I go teach my son how to ride a bike, we're doing it my way. He's not going on YouTube watching five different methods, six different methods. We're going to pick one and we're going to go do it. And so I think that's the problem right now. There's just so much information. There's so many people trying to teach it. And like, if you're listening to this, you, you found your guy, you know? And so you got to go all in on that. You got to go all in, you got to cut out the noise and you got to stop pretending like you can figure out which of the five people to listen to. Before I joined your program, like eight years ago, I had this feeling where it's like all the information was out there. I was on all the free forums. I was listening to podcasts. I was watching YouTube videos and I had all the puzzle pieces. Like I had them all, but I just couldn't figure out how to put them all together. Like it just didn't make sense. Like I didn't have the map. And when I got there, I got in that room and I came in. What I realized is like, you guys just showed me how to put it all, put all the puzzle pieces together. And it's like the fog cleared and the path was clear. And then every time I'd hit a roadblock, I had support. I had somebody to come back to and say, hey, what should I do here? And I would ask questions. So I was also very active. I was also very active in the community. If I'm going to spend that kind of money, $25,000, I'm going to get all I can out of that program. And I think it's a little bit because I was like kind of cheap, (laughs) you know? So I was like, if I spend 25K, I better be getting 250 back. So I think that was a big piece of it was being a good student, being willing, willing to just do what I was told and not trying to think I already know the stuff. Because if I already knew the stuff, I'd be doing it. And then the next piece is, is, is getting out there and actually doing something with it. And, and not needing to know everything before I start. Just go from point A to point B, point B to C, point C to D. And that was probably the hardest thing for me. Because I, I like to, as an engineer, I want to know like how the entire thing works before I go. When I, before I was able to drive a car, my dad required me to learn how the internal combustion engine worked and the braking system on the car before I could even get behind the wheel and drive it. And so that's been like beaten into me my whole life. Yeah. And so 
that slowed me down in the beginning. It's something I've gotten past now, which is really helpful. There's a few things I'm hearing here. You had a goal, you had a vision, you wanted to change your life, you wanted to make more money, you wanted to take care of your family, you probably want to be financially free, you didn't really want to have to have a job. And so you thought, you started doing some research, you thought, okay, real estate's my path. You got going on real estate, but realized you were kind of all over the place. Then you found specific coaches, AKA, oh, uh, no. So you found, you found coaches, you found a group, and then you dove all in, you committed, you put yourself in a room with people who were smarter than you, or rather knew more about the specific thing that you want to learn about. And you just surrounded yourself with, with them. And then you just, you took action. You implemented the things that you learned. You did it in your way though, which I think is, is important. And then from there, I'm, I always say like action leads to information, like implementation leads to information. You get feedback from that. And then you even know more. And then you have your team that you can continue to go to, AKA your coaches and people in your, in your group, you can go to them. And then you just keep pushing through those, uh, any hurdles that come along and you just keep charging ahead. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash MU, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash MU to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash MU. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, but one, one thing that, one thing that kind of got glossed over is I tried to figure it all out myself for a long period yeah. of time. I mean, years. Yeah. So like years, I had this real estate thing from like 2009 to like 2015. Yeah. I was like dabbling in real estate. Like I bought this house in 2009. I started fixing it up. I, I got addicted to kind of HGTV shows. Yep. I like demoed my a bathroom in there and I rented it out. And so like that, that like whole story all the way to joining the program in 2015 is like six years of me going slow yeah. because I wasn't willing to invest in myself. So, so what and I'm hearing so, there as well is commitment, right? You, when you put the money in, you're like, Hey, I'm committing. It's a commitment. I'm totally. Making, right. Totally. And, and I, I also was just kind of like dabbling before that too, for, for a while, like the two years before that I was like serious. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, buy more real estate. This because yeah. I just got back from England in 2013. We had our first son in 2014, got married. I got three mouths to feed, all that stuff. And, and honestly, I wasn't really interested in leaving my job. I really loved flying. And so I thought this would be a good side hustle to make a couple hundred thousand dollars yeah. a year on top of that. And so initially it wasn't even for that. It was just a little bit extra money. It was to become financially free faster, but I wasn't ready to like quit my job, retire. Like I'm more time, all that stuff. I just wanted to do this thing I was mm. doing better. Yeah. And yeah. when I saw somebody that was doing a hundred houses a year, I was like, I'm doing one. <laughs> I just want to do 12. Yeah. 
Like I didn't have big goals of doing 100, 200, 300. And then, you know, little by little, you start seeing it. You know, I did a, an Instagram reel recently that really kind of exploded. And, I, I, and it's about success. And I think it's very valuable here. Because in the military, when I started studying this, we have this, um, this process. And I love process, procedures, systems like yeah. you, right? And so we have this process that was built by an Air Force uh, pilot. It's called the OODA loop, O-O-D-A. Mm. So O-O-D-A. So when the jet pilots are dogfighting or whenever you're going through a decision-making process, we're going through this. And the, and the person who can go through this quicker is the one who wins in a dogfight. Mm. The person who in business goes through this faster is going to win in a negotiation and sales and all of these things in business. So the way that it goes, and I think it's really valuable for what, how I make decisions. I didn't even realize this, like the application of business until recently when I was studying this. So the first one is observe. So O-O-D-A, the first O is observe. You just kind of observe what's going on. And so I feel like that was my first meeting. I was kind of just like watching what other people were doing, observing. I didn't really know what was going on, but I, I'm just kind of observing what everybody else is doing, the, the, the landscape. If it's if it's something that I'm doing, like a new initiative, I'm just kind of like taking in information, right? And then the, the second one is orient. So to orient yourself is kind of get some situational awareness. So look at the past, look at the present, think about the future. You're kind of like orienting yourself to get a good feel of, of, of what's happening and what could be. So with the information that I then take in, what does this mean to me? Maybe it's your market. Maybe it's your business right now. Maybe it's your background. Maybe it's your history. Maybe it's your skill set. All these things. So I'm observing at first, just taking in information, then I'm orienting myself to say, okay, where am I? What does this mean for me? And then I decide. So the D is decide. And then the A is act. And what it is, is a big loop. It's called the OODA loop. And what you do is you, you get all this information, you decide and you act, and then you observe again. So I combine that. I combine this OODA loop with these three steps that I take all the time is hypothesize, test, and pivot. So before I do anything, I'm thinking about the hypothesis. This is what I think is going to happen. I'm going to test it, and then I'm going to adjust things. Yes. So if you take that concept and then you add it to the OODA loop, you've got this observe. So when I'm, when I'm doing something new, I'm observing. I'm orienting myself. Okay, what does this mean? I'm deciding and I'm acting. And then I'm sitting back and I'm observing again. Okay, I put in this little input. What is it doing? I'm observing. I'm taking in data and information. I'm orienting myself. What does this mean? For what basically in business you can say, okay, I, send, I do some marketing, right? I do some sort of marketing. I'm expecting to have this kind of conversion rate, this kind of return on ad spend, this amount of return on investment, all these different things, right? Maybe I got more than what I was expecting. So when I orient myself, I go, what does that mean? Oh, that's good. Let's spend more, mm. right? And so I'm deciding to spend more. I'm acting and then I'm observing again. And mm. maybe my observation goes, oh, well, I spent more, but my return on ad spend now went down. Yeah. Okay, what does that mean? Maybe the ad got stale. Maybe I need to spend less. Maybe I overspent. And then I'm orienting myself. I'm deciding and I'm acting again. So you can see, I can just go over. I can use any example about this. In anything that we do, I hired somebody. Okay, I have these expectations of them. They're meeting them or not meeting them. I'm observing what they're doing. I'm orienting myself. What were my expectations? Are they meeting them? I'm deciding what to do next. Maybe it's a little bit more training. I'm acting and then I'm observing again. And it just goes around and around a cycle. And the faster you can go around this circle, that's how you win in a dogfight. The pilot who can do all this faster is going to be ahead of the pilot who's going slower. And the business owner, I think, that goes through this faster is going to be way ahead of the business owner who, who's going around it slower. The thing is, there's little tweaks that happen on a regular basis in business. And I think the really ultra successful people, they're going through this loop so much faster than the yes. people who are sitting there stalled or stuck.
because what they're trying to do is they're trying to already create the entire outcome of whatever process they're inputting before they even start. But you can't, you can't even figure it out until you make these little inputs. In order to decide an act, you have to have some orientation and be able to observe and get data. And so for me, what I realized is if you think of a computer and how fast they work, that's like, if we can do more of that and just take, if you can take action, then you can go around this. Um, Naval Ravikant, he said that uh, Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hour rule, he was like, that's actually garbage. It's really 10,000 iterations. It's not spending 10,000 hours doing something. It's actually like doing 10,000 iterations of it. And I was yeah. like, man, that's, that's, that's exactly it. That's brilliant. Because I feel like that's what I did. I took so much action and went around this loop so many times that I was outrunning everybody, even though I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Because I was building, like I was like machine learning and building information so that I can decide and act faster than anyone else who's just kind of stuck or even cautious. Where, I mean, I just, I had the hypothesis. I tested it. I pivoted over and over and over again. So I love that. So you don't think you should have like a hundred page business plan before you do anything? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) no, no, but I I do. I do think that you should have some expectation of what you're looking to get. Sure. I prefer an educated guest than just a pure, like pie in the sky plan. But like, even, even if you just had like a rough estimate of what you should expect to happen, there should always be a hypothesis. Like I, I hate what drives me crazy is people who are like, I'm just going to try it and see what happens. Yeah. Like, wait, what? Like you have, you have no level, no metric of where you want to be. Even if it's like, we w- I want to do a million a month. Like even if you just had some, something that you yeah. can compare against, because otherwise, how are you going to orient yourself of whether it's working or not working? It just is. And, and what's you can't so go cool, if you surround yourself with the right people, your hypothesis doesn't need to be 100% purely just a random, oh, I think this random thing that's never happened before might happen if I do things this way. It's like, well, I saw this person and this person do it like this. I'm going to tweak it a little bit, but I'm not going off of nothing. I'm going off of something, right? And that's the best part of having a tribe, a group of people, somebody who has actual like data and metrics from from either past history of what's going on in their current business. Because then you could say, hey, I, I tell people all this, like what all the time, what, what are you getting in your business for this? What are you getting for this? What are you getting for this? And then if you can have a, a subset of data, now you can say, okay, we should be around here. Like my, my friends are getting this, my mentor's getting this. He told me to expect this. And that's what that group did for me. Yeah. And that's what any coach and mentor should do for you. They should give you an idea of what you should expect. So that you can, when you go into it, you're like, okay, I should expect to see this. Like, I should expect a 50% response rate. I should expect expect a three times three uh, x ROAS. I should expect a return of investment of four x or more. You know, or I should expect it should take me this long to do something. You know, I want to keep talking to you and asking you all these things, but number one, I know we're out of time, and number two, I think this is so good. I just want to kind of like. I have this mic over here, but I might ruin our setup. Anyway, I want to like drop the mic and be like, dude, let's have you on another time. Talk about other things. But I love the OODA loop. I love the HTP hypothesis test pivot. I think those are huge. I think those are gold bombs. I think if people just do that, but do it quickly. Like I'm always telling people, like if you have a thought of something you want to try, go try it out now. Like go do it. You don't have to spend like a million dollars to test something out. Yep. Some things you don't have to spend anything. Some things you might have to spend a little bit, but do it based off of knowledge that you already have. 
go do it, go take action. And then you're going to get even more intimate, detailed information from that. You're going to get more feedback that's directly related to you, your situation. And then you reiterate and you keep adjusting and pivoting as you're talking about. Well, you must've taught me that because I'll tell you what, every, it seems like everything that I've done in my life, especially with business has been an idea that's been implemented quickly. Yeah. That I just jump, not knowing what the result's going to be, but I just go. Yes. Like if I feel it, if I have the calling, if I have the tap, if it's in my gut, I just go. Totally. Like I, I don't want to wait. So many people are waiting so long and then, and then it's gone. The, the idea's gone. The momentum's gone. It's all gone. Your drive, the excitement, it's gone. So like I had an idea for something just like two days ago and it's happening on Wednesday. The big farmer's market that I run in my community now, it was idea on a Monday and executed on a Saturday. That's awesome. If it's a great idea for the marketplace, if you've got the momentum, totally. you just got to keep going. And totally. everything, everything in my life has happened from something that I've done quickly. That's awesome. And you might get to a point, maybe, especially if you're like me and you have like a thousand ideas a day where you need to not do everything, but, oh, yeah. but most people don't have that problem. <laughs> Most people don't take enough action. Don't take it fast enough. Number one, either they don't see the opportunity. My assumption is people who are listening to this podcast, they're already taking in information. They're learning. They recognize opportunity. You just got to act. You just got to act. Stay focused, but act. Quick action. Orient. Decide. Pivot. I like that. That's way better than having oh, like yeah. a 100-page business plan that's like perfectly written out because it's going to change. <laughs> You're going to get burnout the second you get going. If you spend like forever and don't get that momentum trying to figure out all the details of everything before you take action then you're gonna get burnout because things are gonna be different than you think so dog fight i love it getting that dog fight let's go that's it <laughs> just let, let your success define the the success or failures define the future of your business plan a lot of times you're just pivoting just small pivots left or right based on what people want what the marketplace wants what what the outcome is and that's it works awesome. great the cool thing i mean you think of a dog fight it's like trying to kill the other person, right? The cool thing about business is you're only competing against yourself, really. You don't even have to be in the top like 500. You don't have to be in like Fortune 5000 and you can still make a ton of money, live a great life oh, yeah. and be financially free. So, okay. Thanks, Bill. Any parting words? No, I just, uh, I appreciate you having me on. This is really fun and exciting and full circle from, from the beginning. So um, I'm incredibly grateful to you for putting on the original podcast that you made to pull me in, to suck me in, to sell me a $25,000 thing. Um, because I, honestly, seriously, like that changed my entire life. Investing in myself changed my entire life. The financial future for me, my family, um, everything. And I'm grateful for it. Like if it wasn't for you pushing me and, and doing the marketing that you did and the sales that you did on the podcast and everywhere, it's like, uh, I wouldn't be where I am. So I really mean it. I don't know that, I know that anybody's thanked me as hard um, as I will ever thank you for getting me to, to invest in myself $25,000 and what it seemed like to me then spending $25,000. I mean, I looked at it like, literally, I looked at it like a car, like not an asset, like a liability. I looked at it like a Honda at that time when it's complete, like in num the number one thing that I do now is I invest in myself. That's it. No, that's number one. Then I invest in my, in my business and then I invest in assets like mm -hmm. real estate. And so number one, I invest in myself. If I can't invest in myself for something to earn a skill, to increase my ability, to increase my value to the marketplace, then I invest in the business, then I invest in assets. So um, I'm grateful for that and I always will be. And if you're listening to this and you're not investing in yourself financially and time-wise, then you're not meeting your ultimate potential. You have to, it's a must. Well, whenever I wonder if I've done anything of value in business, I just look at you, Bill, and I think, okay, 
it was all worth it. <laughs> That's right. Okay. I, I'm glad to be that. I'll send you a, a big picture of me so that you can put on your wall and you can, okay, done. Uh, you can look at it and just remember. No, man, you're honestly, you're such an inspiration to so many people and you were meant to run that company. Seriously. Mm. Maybe I was meant to start it. I mean, I guess I was since I did, but you were meant to take it over and what you've done with it. I couldn't be more proud, man. So I love you, man. Been an incredible example to me and so many people. Thanks for coming on today. And thank you for everything you've done for the whole business community. You can't just say the real estate community anymore. Thanks. I love you too, dude. It's been an awesome journey and it's been a lot of fun and I'm grateful to carry the torch. Boom, baby. My man, Bill Allen, bring in the heat. I mean, we're talking about OODA loops and HTP, hypothesize, test, pivot. That's what it's all about. You don't need a big business plan. You don't need to take forever. What's the thing you can do to start today? What's that hypothesis? What's that thing that you think could work? Start taking action on it and see if it does. Or better yet, just keep trying out things until you find what does work. Hypothesize, test, pivot as fast as you can. Just keep going. Do all the iterations that you can until you find the ones that work the best and double down on those and back out of the ones that aren't working. That's how you win in a dogfight, And that's how you win in the game of business. If you want to learn more about what Bill has going on, go to sevenfigureflipping.com or you can check out the seven figure flipping podcast. I could talk to Bill for hours and he would just keep dropping the gold. So I'm sure we'll have him on another time, but for now it's time for implementation. It's time to get to work. What is the thing that you can do today to start or grow your business. Feel free to shoot me an email, justin at Millionaire University with anything that you're committing to or any questions that you might have. And who knows, I just might talk about it on the next episode of the Millionaire University Podcast. Until the next lesson, class dismissed.